It's September 20th, 2021, and this is Diz Podopolis, where we talk about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and everything in between. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep in dreams. Your dreams in Sunday, your rainbow will come shining through. No matter how hard it's screaming, if you keep on believing, the dreams that you wish will come true. Well, we all want, want you to welcome to Dispotopolis. We have made it through three, three weeks of Fiona's college. Ah. Uh, I'll introduce myself by by no name. This is Colleen. Hi, how you guys doing? And Ryan. Hello, it's cousin Ryan. What stranger danger was you done to Fiona? <laughs> I don't know. Fiona's off and running at the tracks. Uh, okay, okay. I for sake. I I am Fiona. Uh, I I would say my name would be. Uh, it's not Jeremy. Maybe it will be Jeremy. Okay, everyone, I have a bit of a um, voice issue. Oh, you've got some allergies going on. Yeah. Yeah, see a little bit of raspy voice it's, there? It's suckish at night because I hate, hate a runny nose. Yeah, you don't handle any of that very well at all. Yeah, it just, it just hurt. I just think it always hurts. <laughs> <laughs> But at least I'm not raining hay fever. No, no, uh-uh. It's because we've had rain and it was dry for a while. And then all the rain came out and all the pollen came out and got you really good. Stick them up, boys. <laughs> I don't know. I sound, I sound a bit thuggish. Yes. Well, welcome to another edition of Dispodopolis. And Fiona's our opening girl for the evening. And this is episode number four. 47. Uh, yeah, it's it, it Swiss. It was Swiss fever. It was Swiss fever. <laughs> well, we're going to have lots of Swiss fever tonight, right? Yeah, if, well, I feel like I always had allergies since, since in our uh, main, main house. Was there mainly flowers there? Where, sweetie? Like pollen. Our main house? The house we live at? We just lived on vacation. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, well, okay. So what Fiona's alluding to is our vacation that we took up to the East Coast, and we stayed at a house in Maine. Is that the one you're alluding to? Yes. Yes, yes. And so she had some allergies to something growing in Maine, for sure. But we also had problems with our cars, because it was really hard to find a rental car in uh pennsylvania and in connecticut that someone had not smoked in so and that will set off allergies in kids because they're not around it anymore so that all all and i'm allergic to it by nature and so they all kind of came down with a some symptoms there hello hello this is jeremy hale and welcome to this episode of this Pyopolis. Maybe let me introduce my mom and cousin Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you giving it, giving us a new intro. 
Well, just just a tease teaser. Just voice. a teaser one. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want I don't want to hear myself sounding like that anymore. So this video, this recording is so old, but I sound much better la later on. Oh, all right. Your voice is going to get better? Yeah. All right. All righty, Fiona. Thanks for doing the introduction. And uh, <laughs> do you want to go into our, que our question of the week, or do you have some other announcements for us? Um, okay, so, so uh, question of the week. Um, it's, it's simple. What mountain would you like to climb up at Disney? Okay, yeah. So tonight on Dispodopolis, we're going to be talking about Walt Disney's movie, Third Man on the Mountain. And so we thought it would be I don't know, fun. like speaking of the cold. Speaking of the cold. <laughs> There's a lot of cold in that movie. Uh, mm -hmm. we're gonna... And Swiss. <laughs> and Swiss. Hey, hey and I'm 23% Swiss. So there's that. That's exciting. Mm. <laughs> I I, I Beats just me really... for being 20, almost half percent pollen. Half, I'm pollen half percent fied. pollen? Me. You're half percent pollen, pollen right now because it's in you? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, and so we would thought uh, we would talk about what mountain at the theme park. So we'll do anything parks just for fun. Uh, would first, you like to climb up? Well, at first we were thinking about real life mountain, but that's just like too like realism and I guess quite a hype mirror. A hike mirror? Oh. A hype mirror? I like that. It's a nightmare. It's a hype mirror. <laughs> the fights. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think it would be too dreamy to climb a real life mountain. No, we've we've done some little hikes that we've done around here. So we've done uh, Lost Maples State Park, and I think that was pretty much Fiona's limit, a mile up. <laughs> She's done. Well, Mom's saying you need to recently run on the treadmill. Walk, yes. But for a moment, I keep refusing to. Mm -hmm. I've hiked a few mountains, but not climbed. Yeah. Yeah, hiking is pretty much my level of climbing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. All right, how about we have Ryan start? You want to have Ryan start? Sure. All right, Ryan. Well, if I could climb any mountain, that would be the Matterhorn. We looked at that mountain so much as, a, as kids. I just remember us like just being so excited to go on that attraction and then watching the people climb it too when we were kids. I always wanted to be one of those people that climbed up and down the mountain. So if, if you don't know, like they actually do have people that climb up and down that mountain. Yeah. yeah. As long as, as long as parts of it are falling off of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes that happens. Like a piece of the concrete will fall off. <laughs> well, I'm hoping after the last renovation, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. 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 Sometimes they have to go back and renovate the attractions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would definitely be fun to hike that. I remember it was always one of those weird things where intermittently you'd find people hiking up the mountain. And I think they are registered hikers. Like, that's a thing. Like, you get registered yep. at certain levels. They're not just having yeah. novices. No, you're right. They are certified hikers. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was fascinating how they have people do it. And they did it on, I believe it was opening day for the Matterhorn. They had people climbing up it was for the sequoia club i we did talk about that i think on our first uh podcast yeah 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 uh, um yeah yes the sierra club was was there climbing it awesome yeah. all right 
Fiona, where do you want to climb? What's the what's the bear the bear shaped mountain at California Adventure? Oh, Grizzly. Grizzly is it Grizzly Peak? I think it's Grizzly Peak. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah, good one. I just think by looking at it, if there's any storage and what it's like the peak out of its mouth. Oh, that's funny. I like the the water fountain they have coming off of I mean it, I always think Grizzly Rabbits is more enjoyable than the like uh, Animal Kingdom version at, at Disney World. I agree. I think it's prettier. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. They did a good job with Grizzly Peak in that area and I do like the rock work with the water coming off of it and Grizzly River Rapids and stuff. That's that's fun, Fiona. I like that. Yeah, and Ryan got to ride it two times in a row without getting off. Yeah, we did get stuck on that attraction. They forgot to take us off. <laughs> we went around again. Oh, yeah, that would get you some more soaking points. Oh, everybody was absolutely drenched. Anybody that was dry the first time around, after the second time, they were wet. We were all wet. That was craziness. I liked how you were trying to climb out of it, and as soon as it was going off to the second round, you're like, nope. <laughs> Don't want to go again. I was ready to be out there. I was like, all right, but once you're going, you're going. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I was dry. I was the, one of the dry ones from oh, that first run. Yeah. All right. So, Not after the second run. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what am I left with? A bunch of mountains. Um, okay. I'm going to take what would be fun. I think I'd like to climb through the Big Thunder uh, Mountain. Because I, I enjoy that region of the United States, Bryce and uh, Zion and all those red rock formations. I think it would be fun just to climb through there. It's not really... There I am hiking again, not climbing. Um, really, really quite lovely how they've done all those rock formations to remind one of that area. Now, are you? would you do the Disneyland one or the Magic Kingdom one or one of the foreign parks? Oh, let's go for uh, Paris, right? Because isn't it on an island? Ooh, yeah, it is. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Let's do that. Big Thunder Mountain gets its own island in Paris. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because you can't, because you normally can't walk through that one at all or near it. Mm-mm. I'll do that. That sounds like a fun day. Yeah, I like that. All right, Fiona. Yeah, that, uh, I I just thought uh, I just thought oh, it would be fun if we choose like real life mountain because oh I would pick Mount Fuji. Because it's Mount Fuji in Japan. <laughs> because it might might be the biggest mountain, and there's just not that much knowledge to it. And where and we can put it on the red flag. Oh, like they did in Third Man on the Mountain. Oh yeah. Well, I also mentioned. I think it was like Japan features the like red the the red flag on top. Oh, they have a, well, they have a red dot on their flag for the rising sun. I've learned that. From, I've heard that from Zach and Cody. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Yep. I could do a runner up. Uh, the floating mountains and the world of Pandora. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. That's nice. You might need to get a ladder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you get up there. What you'd have to do, but that'd be interesting. That whole concept of of something like that of a mass that weighs like it was heavier than air floating is is an interesting concept to me. 
Thanks, yeah. Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, we ready to talk about Third Man on the Mountain? Uh oh, we have a recording to listen to. Nice, the little polka for y'all. That's awesome. Now it's time to head way out west for a little patch of heaven. left in Nebraska and over a crest on a little patch of heaven way out west everything's green okay girls and boys well tonight on Dispodopolis as we mentioned in our intro we are going to talk about third man on the mountain and this is all Ryan's fault um because he had seen it and then I got interested so then I had a really long airplane trip. So then I watched it and I'm like, hey, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> so then I watched it again with Fiona and I'm like, we're going to do a podcast on this because this is pretty darn interesting. I'm glad to help. <laughs> Anytime. So Third Man on the Mountain uh, was released in 1959. And the, the dizzy word that they just to describe this movie across all their film posters was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Yes. And big, bold letters. Breathtaking. Yes. And, and there are some definite scenes in this that are breathtaking in a positive way. Because I'd say the best part about this movie is that it was shot in Switzerland. It's pretty amazing the scenery and the colors and the lights and the crisp like you can just feel it you just like feel being in there and that coldness and all that snow and glaciers i don't know how ryan have you ever walked on a glacier yes i have it's cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's beautiful like there's something undescribable about the colors because glaciers crack And there's always these huge crevices and there'll be people climbing. I'm not doing it, but there'll be people climbing down into these crevices when you're visiting these glaciers and climbing out. And they're the colors of turquoise and azure and just kind of like glistening and glowing. It's quite, quite beautiful. Uh, Where was your glacier, Ryan? Um, A couple of places. So Washington State and then Jasper National and Canada. Hey, that's where I went. Yeah. Jasper but, National. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at the ones in the Canadian Gla- National Glacier uh, Park, but uh, it was really the Jasper National Park. Yeah. yeah. We stepped on the same glacier. We were there. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is. It's 
totally gorgeous. I'm, I mean, I've walked through a glacier in Switzerland. Oh. So well, that's that. pretty cool. Yeah. So I was a tad wee bit younger than I am now when I did that. But yeah. So it's Switzerland. I've, I've seen them from a distance in Switzerland, but not, we weren't close to them. Yeah, I don't, I, it was somewhere in the Alps. We were staying in a shell. We actually stayed in the Girl Scout chalet in mm-hmm. Switzerland. And then they would have day trips where you could go out and see different parts of Switzerland. And that was one of the ones that we did walk, uh, walk through a glacier and kind of on a glacier. So it was cool. It's oh, very cool. cold. Yeah. It, lots yeah. of water because it was summer, right? So it's mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of melt at that point. But yeah, it was pretty awesome. I loved it. Fiona has never been on a glacier. She has seen, we saw the um, Grand Teton glaciers. Oh, okay. Yeah. We saw those. There's some, they got lots of them. More than I realized up there in the Grand Tetons. I didn't know they have a lot of glaciers in the Grand Tetons. Yeah. So there's a lake. Um, oh, gosh. It's a girl's name. Everyone's like screaming. I'm, it's Lake Bellala. <laughs> Uh, yes it is you are correct jenny lake so there's jenny lake and that kind of gives you this amazing panoramic view of the grand tetons and what's uh, and what i love i love when they give you the little signs with the graphics and they point everything out for you the peaks and there's a glacier here's a glacier there's a glacier too you know So they have a lot of crevices in the Grand Tetons because those are old mountains mm. that are really very jaggedy and uh, crackly and really falling apart at this point. So you got those deep crevices that those big glaciers sit in. So, but yeah, there are glaciers in the Grand Tetons because it's pretty darn cold and pretty darn high. That's really cool. I just, I had no idea. Yep. Now y'all know. So, there you go. Yay! Glaciers. So in a sentence, this is how they explain Third Man on the Mountain, uh, is a boy attempting to realize his father's dream of climbing an alpine peak known as the Citadel, or as we've learned to call, I call, I added this, when we, we've learned to call it the Matterhorn. So it's that iconic little, I don't know, it kind of looks like a little hook coming up in a drop off one side. So they called it the Citadel and um, they have lots of Citadels in Canada along the water because those are <laughs> little Citadels on the hill. They're fortresses that they never, ever used, <laughs> ever. <laughs> We've caught a few of those in the US too that we never, ever used. <laughs> there we go. But that's a good thing. So yes. And this movie, I, this, this is where it cracks me up, where Disney fanatics always crack me up. Yes, this, the Matterhorn in Disneyland was built because of the movie and because of Walt's trip to Switzerland when he was going on set to see what was going on. He got very inspired. He sent a postcard to Vic Green, his architect, with a short, pithy message, Vic, build this, Walt. <laughs> if people are wishing to do a park park. A- attraction ep- episode on this ride we did one in the first our first podcast we did one on the matterhorn because we did 1950 no the disney plus show oh the disney plus show oh they haven't done one on the matterhorn no no oh yeah so fiona's talking about the new disney attractions what was it called like how they became how they how we got them or 
Have you seen that, Ryan? I have. I've seen all the episodes of that. Yes. Yeah, we binged there's, them on Saturday. Right? Ten. <laughs> I think we binged watched them on Saturday. Well, I miss I miss Jungle Cruise. Yeah, you miss Jungle Cruise, and I miss Tower of Terror. Gotcha. So. We like missed in the ships in the night, so we have to go yeah. back and watch those too. We can watch those two again. That's not a big deal. Come on, I, I just I just like those, like how we made shows, and it's just like, why is this on? Now in the Imagineering story, the Matterhorns in one of the episodes for a little bit. Oh with, yeah, yeah with there Bob Gurr. Yeah with Bob Gurr. Yes, because he designed the bobsleds. Yes. So the Matterhorn bobsleds opened before the movie opened. Because the bobsleds opened on June 19th of 1959, and the movie opened on November 10th of 1959. Okay. That was a speedy little construction of a roller coaster. Yes. Well, originally, I mean, there was no interior to the Matterhorn. It was just an exterior. They, right. they, they went back and added the interiors later. At a later time, it was just it was just um, scaffolding, steel scaffolding on the. That's what you saw on the when you're going through it. You saw all that. It would be like if you're going through, um, uh, Space Mountain with the lights on. Yeah, it was not a pretty sight, and we never wrote it like that. <laughs> no, no. Okay, but by the time we were uh, able to write it, they, they had finished the interiors on it. Yeah, and that was the first roller coaster I went on, I think. Yeah, cause would have been would have been one of my first too. Yeah, yeah, because that was that was the because that was the first roller coaster at Disneyland, and we really didn't do any other amusement parks. I mean, we did not Sperry Farm, but yeah, I think that was my first. Yeah, because we probably did that. I probably did that one before Space Mountain. Yeah, I know I did because I don't think Space Mountain was even open yet. Ah, yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I would have been, like, I, I, would have, I was very young when Space Mountain opened. Uh, I think in Disneyland, wasn't it somewhere around 77? Yeah, so 1977, which is yeah. the first year we went to Disneyland together. I think one of our, our first big spring break that we yeah. did. Yeah. And y'all were really tiny in strollers, so there's <laughs> no wind. <laughs> yeah, because anyway. I, I, was, I was just over one. Was, I wasn't even two yet. Yeah, no space mount for you. Uh-huh. And I would have, I was five. So I know I went on the Matterhorn and I had to beg my dad for the e-ticket because, you know. Yeah, e-tickets. It, it was just my dad and I that went on it. Nobody else did. Yeah, there was no way. That, I'm sure they were taking a one-year-old <laughs> on on the Matterhorn. Nope, not so much. <laughs> no. Although, if any family were going to take a one-year-old on the Matterhorn <laughs> in the 70s, it would have been ours. <laughs> if they could have probably gotten us on there, they would have. <laughs> yeah, especially your dad. He's like, oh, come on, it's no big deal. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Mama, am I big enough to go on Space Mountain? That's right. That's right. Just um, realistically. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. you know, this is this is the days before seatbelts. There were no car seats. I mean, no. you know. This is <laughs> it's the 1970s, the last yeah. good decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it seems crazy now, but yeah. <laughs> well, the strollers were pathetic. They're just little metal squares. 
<laughs> like if you left him in the sun, you'd get burned. <laughs> Is that a problem? <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. So back to third bed on the mountain. You're all welcome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Are the, 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 reminiscing about the Matterhorn. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it was exciting to go on. Mm. So the Third Man Mountain is based on the book Banner in the Sky, uh, written by James Ramsey Ullman. Ullman was a mountain climber uh, and kind of wanted to take his experience lessons and stories that he had learned and and write them in books uh, to entertain. Well, these landed up entertaining children and also for older groups, he would write uh, historical documents. Uh, He wasn't like a great mountain climber, but he was very respected in the mountain climbing community because of the books that he wrote and the accuracy in which he wrote them. Uh, they kind of, they loved having him along. So he was actually the official historian when the first Americans traversed Everest. Oh, okay. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I think he wrote about nine, seven to nine different books on mountain climbing. That was his thing. So the book was written in 1954, and Disney bought the rights for it in 1957. So there must have been something really popular and gripping about this book or entertaining that really caught his eye to, to snatch it up so quick. I, I know they were looking for things, but this being so contemporary, even though it's written, the story is 100 years earlier than 1954. So it's based around 1865 is uh or 1866 i think if you're looking at um the information they give you in the story but it might be 60 it's kind of confused so 65 we'll go with that it it it's not it's a fictional story it's not actually what happened for the first men that climbed the citadel uh but it makes it uh i think he what he was trying to do is write a book for kids similar to Johnny Tremaine. Um, If you guys know who Johnny Tremaine is, uh, he's a fictional youth that lived during the time of the Revolutionary War. But I think he was something for kids to kind of realize someone 15 or 16 going through that experience and what it would be like and how they were treated during that time. Mm -hmm. Because you definitely get a sense of... uh, you know, really, the, the kid having to prove himself a lot. And that happened with Johnny Tremaine also. And you see them tripping up at certain moments and then redeeming themselves in other. But these, but he was, the Rudy, the main character in Third Man from the Mountain, is a risk taker. And so was Johnny Tremaine. They're both risk takers. Okay. Yes, for sure. I mean, so. he's, he's referenced in, in the Boston Museum. Johnny Tremaine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When we were doing, we went to Paul Revere's house in Boston, and they were had like a little book of Johnny Tremaine. Cool. That's, so that, that was cool. What a great opportunity. And Johnny Tremaine is also another movie that the Disney Studios made, a live action movie. And I remember watching that in school. So, because <laughs> you did back then. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, we didn't watch it in school, but I do remember the film. Yeah. Now, the screenwriter for the movie is Eleanor Griffin, and she was a very prolific writer in Hollywood during the 1930s and actually won an Academy Award for the screenplay A Boy's Town, starring Spencer Tracy and Mickey Rooney. 
Uh, so that was quite a while ago. That's 90 years ago. Holy cow. Lord God wow. Almighty, help us all. <laughs> and uh, Spencer Tracy, oh, uh, was a oh huge, incredible actor that made many, many movies uh, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And Mickey Rooney, he kind of is like the eternal kid in most movies. Uh, so he's a, another kid. He's a boy in Boys Town. And so this is, uh, yeah, this movie was really highly rated back then in the 1930s. I haven't seen it, or I've seen parts of it, but I haven't really sat through this one. I'm surprised. I know, I know. I've seen a lot of them. So Thurman on the Mountain was the only movie that Griffin worked on for the Disney Studios. And she was kind of slowing down her career at this time, because that would have been like her, what, third decade? So that's a long time to work in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, for sure. And the director of this film was Ken Anakin. Anakin? Any ring any bells, Anakin? (laughs) (laughs) Skywalker. Yeah, as in Anakin Skywalker. So Ken Anakin was friends and mentor to George Lucas. Uh, And Lucas, of course, because good old Lucas, denies any association of Anakin Skywalker to Uh, Ken Anakin. He was that opening day at Disneyland. Opening day at Disneyland? Yes. And oh, George Lucas was at the opening day of Disneyland. Or the second day. Day two. When the kids are running across the bridge. George Lucas is one of those kids running across the bridge. Isn't that hilarious? That's spectacular, right? It is. Full circle, baby. Be- it's, it's, it's like be- beta non-Lucas appearances for 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 these later disney owned stars like star tours are you talking oh you're talking about celebrities celebrities that now became part of disney yeah yep but uh so ken oh ken yeah ken anakin uh is known for the longest day is his movie and another movie is these magnificent men and their flying machines. And I'm going to have to just like insert a little clip of music right here. And that would be the song <laughs> that my mom would sing to me in the morning. <laughs> Have you heard this song, Ryan? I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. So it goes, the magnificent men in their flying machines, they go uppity up, they go down, diddy down. <laughs> oh, yes, I have heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a Superman song. <laughs> there you go. So my mom would sing that a lot. It's just really, really funny. But uh, Ken Anakin uh, was a very intricate part of Disney's studios going forward in the evolution of their live action genre. And he worked on Swiss Family Robinson also. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And so I think he is why you see such a crossover from this movie to that movie. Because you see a lot of the same cast, uh, yeah, that, stars. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
cinematographers. You know, they shared everything at this point. So I, we, I also thought it'd be fun just to mention uh, the musical score was created by William Aldwin. Uh, he had worked in Hollywood, another guy who worked in Hollywood for three decades. Uh, he, won't, he did the soundtrack, so you're not going to hear his music in the line for the Matterhorn attraction at Disneyland, but you will definitely hear some familiar polkas that are heard in the movie, and you'll hear those at the Matterhorn line, or at least I did. And I don't know if they're there now. <laughs> they were there. I don't, like, I can't. And then they're, I'm sorry. They do on some of the music loops in the background. Yeah. They have they have uh, some traditional polka music playing. And then, like, my head started crossing over into the Swiss Family Robinson polka. And it was hard for me to get that straight in my head, which polka was the polka. <laughs> It's a lot of polka at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too much polka. And the cinematographer was Harry Waxman. Or Waxman. Waxman, yeah. Uh, he, oh my gosh, like he made this movie. This movie would totally have fallen flat if it was not for the cinematography and using the landscape like they did to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he also worked on Swiss Family Robinson like I said, it was a lot of crossovers from one movie to the next. Well, and when this film came out, you know, it was uh, people didn't travel nearly as much as they did. And then, of course, television didn't really it's not what it is today. Um, no. So you didn't like really see places like Switzerland very often or the Alps very, very much. I mean, it, they, they, I mean, it just wouldn't have happened. Um, so it, it was rare to be able to have this kind of look at the Swiss Alps. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I think the same thing, uh, cause I know we, I think we talk about like the jungle cruise, right? Mm-hmm. So that the jungle cruise, is the same thing. People didn't go to Tahiti and Egypt and the Amazon. And so you kind of had that all in one 10 minute loop. At Disneyland, so it was quite a different experience than it is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie, the two, I say the the two stars in this movie, even though she doesn't get, probably wasn't really considered like a huge star for this movie, but I think she is, uh, is James MacArthur, who plays Rudy in the movie, and Janet Monroe, who plays Lisbeth in the movie. And uh, so James MacArthur, he, the role he's playing is a 16-year-old. He's a little older than that. He's the main protagonist, uh, Rudy Matt. Which, which is like faking their ages later on with the Disney Channel shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny how they portray 16-year-olds now to how they portray 16-year-olds back then. 
And he's kind of having to go against his family because he really wants to be a guide and nobody in his family wants him to be a guide because that's kind of the what ha his father died, you know, protecting somebody while he was on his trek up the mountain. So the mother, you know, it's the only child. So the mother definitely doesn't want to lose her son as well as her husband to the mountain. And James MacArthur, he made four, fa four, four families, four movies for Disney, uh, including Kidnapped and uh, Swiss Family Robinson were two of them. And then the other one was The Light in the Forest, which he did before he did Third Man on the Mountain. Gotcha. Who knew he did so much? And do you know what he's best known for outside of Disney? No, uh-uh. Hawaii Five-0, baby. Book him, Dano. Oh. I would have had no idea. He actually played Dano. He was Danny Williams in this show. I had no idea how long that, sh that show ran for 12 seasons. Hawaii Five-0? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know it went on that long. Uh-uh. Like in the, through the 70s and early 80s. I never watched it because it was too serious a show. It's for adults. But I did watch the opening credits. Do, 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 do. I think everybody knows that. This is like where they got <laughs> well, the, 12 years, the surfing holy song. The what, sweetie? The surfing song. Yeah, the surfing song. <laughs> and then I mentioned, you know, Janet Monroe is our leading lady and love interest of Rudy Matt. Uh, she's definitely the aggressor in this relationship. Rudy's kind of clueless what's going on. Like, she kind of looked like in there, like, Annette Filicello. Annette, a little Annette She's a better actress than Annette Funicello. Well, yeah, I think it's like, 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 the, you're, like you know what, what you're doing in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of spunk and energy, this girl does. And she plays the daughter of the proprietor of the local inn, or Monte d'Oro. It's the name of the inn. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of like his his uh, greatest support in the city, like really the only one that kind of understands what he needs to do and where he needs to go and how he'll be happy. Uh, she also, she's in my one of my other favorite movies from Disney, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, right? I like that with Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And she also, the same year that this movie came out, I didn't realize that, this is the same year that Third Man on the Mountain came out, Swiss Family Robinson came out. Yeah, and, and Sleeping Beauty. And Sleeping Beauty? Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. My goodness, right? Yeah. For back then, it seems like a lot. So the supporting characters of this film, who help you know, pull the story along, uh, Lawrence Na Naismith, plays Tio, uh, who's kind of like a surrogate grandfather figure, an expert mountain climber who's retired and works in the kitchen where, so Rudy's been sequestered to be a dishwasher basically at the end. And Tio is the uh, main chef and or cook, really, not really a chef, uh, cook at the end. And so he kind of takes Rudy under his wing and helps him through all of this and uh he was also seen in the three lives of tomasino which is a cat here <laughs> i think i've seen that movie but it's been a while and then james donald plays franz lerner who is rudy's uncle 
And really one of the main antagonists for Rudy and does not want Rudy to go on the mountain at all. But uh, Franz is his mother's brother. And so he's trying to help his you know, sister out, basically. Uh, he is uh, starred in two kind of really big World War II inspirational films. Uh, he starred in Bridge Over the River Kwai and The Great Escape. He's British, so that makes sense. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Rennie plays Captain Winter, and Captain Winter is kind of this English mountain climber that is obviously independently wealthy. <laughs> And loves to climb mountains and pushes Franz into letting Rudy become a guide. Like, he's really rooting for Rudy. He, the actor, Rene, hasn't, he didn't do a whole lot. He'd been The Day the Earth Stood Still and an early version of Les Miserables. And two other, I mean, this cast is pretty small. So, and then like the two other kind of supporting, supporting actors are uh, Frau Matt. And so Frau in German is Mrs. And so you hear a lot of Frau and Herr in there. And Herr is Mr. and Frau is Mrs. So Frau Matt is Rudy's mom. And then Emil Saxon. And he comes from, I kind of like, it's really funny how his costume that he wears is very very different from the costumes that they wear at the town where Rudy's from Kurtel so I'm wondering um so in Switzerland there's like a German faction and a French faction like Switzerland's kind of strange so they kind of have like part German part so I'm wondering if Emile Saxon is more of the French side or even from France could be because the Alps you know go through France and then uh Rudy and his town is definitely in switzerland and, and then a, a italian to italy oh yeah an italian yeah because what one of one of the climbers is italian is that emil saxon is I, he italian uh, it seemed like maybe but maybe maybe i don't know from i kind of thought one of the climbers might have been italian but maybe not i thought he was french oh, but okay. i don't know i'm just guessing he was from, so the, Rudy's from Curtel, which in, it's a fake, these are fake towns too. It's not a real town of Curtel. And then the other town was like, Brutal, Brutal or something like that. So I wasn't really sure what, like, because that's not a real town either. But the two gotcha. towns that they did use in the, mo in the movie, like the towns where they filmed, were Zermatt. Um, and they actually used the guides from Zermatt. Zermatt is the town that you still can go to to this day if you want to climb Mount uh, the Matterhorn. Mm -hmm. And there are guide companies there, and it'll only it'll only cost you about seven thousand dollars to climb the Matterhorn with a guide. Well, there you go. <laughs> only seven thousand, but there's a caveat. You need to complete a Matterhorn prep program and be graded at least a 5.7, um, which to me, it was funny because I tried to look that up because it doesn't mean anything to me, these numbers. Yeah. And so 5.7, like I was kind of like, that was interesting. So you don't really have to know how to rock climb. Like you just have to know how to hike really, really well. So I thought that was interesting. And didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, there you go. Maybe they teach you. 
Maybe. Well, for 7,000, I hope they're teaching you something. <laughs> and the, the prep program that they have, that's, that's only $2,000. So, and, and you still need to fly there. <laughs> so. Probably won't be doing that anytime soon. But... Yes, yes. So you either have to have really deep pockets for this sport, or this is like, you save your money and this is all you do. <laughs> and then the other town uh, that they did filming in, oh, I'm going to say this wrong because it's French. Uh, Chamon? We'll go with that. C-H-A-M-O-N-I-X. Yeah, and you did a lot of searching if these, these towns were like real or fake. Well, yeah, because I was kind of curious where they sat. So Zermatt is really where Krutel would be because it's at the base of the Matterhorn. Okay. And then the other place they used was Chamonx, uh, and that was in France. And that's only four hours away by car, which in 1865 they didn't have cars. <laughs> Today sure. it's four hours away. This is very true. They did not have cars. No, they didn't. Okay, so Rudy's mom is played by Nora Swinburne. And um, she worked in Hollywood for actually five decades. And she retired. And then she lived a really long time. <laughs> so it's quite impressive to me how oh, long she worked. Oh, wait, is this the woman who lived to like? 101. Oh, no, no. That was... Okay, we looked up Olivia de Havilland before this because I was looking up somebody's name. And Olivia de Havilland, who... Uh, incredible actress in Hollywood for years and years and years. Uh, yeah, she she was 101 when she died. She died in France. She kind of... She took off. She retired and took off. Uh, she's awesome, though. She would sue anybody who used her likeness or wrote anything about her. She was awesome. <laughs> I loved Olivia de Havilland. She was in Gone with the Wind. She was in Washington Square. Oh, that's a good movie. That's a really good movie. Oh, she did a lot. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But uh, Nora Swinburne did not do as well in Hollywood as Olivia de Havilland did. She kind of did these big historical pieces, Helen of Troy and Christopher Columbus. Uh, but really not a lot I'd heard of. But she made a decent career of it, you know. And then Emil Saxon is played by Herbert Loam. And Emil Saxon, he's, like we were talking about earlier, he's a rival guide, guide from a nearby village. Um, he's a very, they're all headstrong. All the men in this, this movie are very stereotypical pride. Pride and justerous. <laughs> oh, pride and prejudice. Is that what you're thinking of? thought there was a word justice just justice justice maybe maybe yeah there's a lot of pride and prejudice in this movie (laughs) go down to it who's the main character of this movie rudy uh pride oh pride (laughs) (laughs) go with pride as the main character you need to do more reading (laughs) i do need to do more reading well me oh you no there's a lot of pride is a very huge factor in this movie for sure there's a lot of people doing things in in that manner well fear and pride which was interesting 
And what's interesting is uh, Herbert Loam is known for the Pink Panther movies. Of, I think it was, I don't know if they did. In the, I know they're in the 70s. And he was in Spartacus. <laughs> okay, so now let's get to the meat, meat and potatoes of this. So third man on the mountain. Uh, this is, I gosh, I would say this uses a lot of melodrama to push this story forward. Uh, they're pretty simple characters, very straightforward. I think it's, you know, the characters are, I wouldn't call them like black and white, but just kind of this is set in their ways. And I think it's it's presented that way because it's very it's very easy for a younger audience to follow because you know there you well, a lot of times it's hard for kids to differentiate well, characters unless it's bored by it. And Fiona got bored by it. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that. <laughs> and, but I see. I really. I don't know. Like I. They really like got me hooked into this movie just watching them climb it's it's actually it's actually pretty entertaining to me yeah i thought so i just loved seeing i mean they showed you things i'm never gonna climb that mountain and obviously they did climb some parts of these mountains and so they showed you what it looked up at looks like at those elevations and in it was amazing. I mean, there's even a scene where Captain Winter, you know, standing on the mountain, and he's like, "It's sad that all these people will never get to see that." Yeah. So this is these are my thoughts. Okay. I was like, "Are is this mountain climbing just a bunch of like fake, like green green screen effects?" Okay. There's some of that, but only when it's the main characters but, climbing. But you said like it's, but it's mainly like real climbing. Right, like when you don't see the faces of the people and you just see their clothes, those are real mountain climbers. Stunts? Mm-hmm. But you also notice how they shoot it so you don't see what's below them. So you don't really know how much I mean, scary mountain climbing there. times when it feels like they, they could just go higher and higher and higher, but I don't know how they not, not fall. <laughs> Right, they're yeah, because they're going, some... mm -hmm. and I'm just waiting. Oh, I'm waiting for someone to fall. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but I don't yeah. want to. Right, right, and so there was there's some obvious Peter Ellenshaw being represented here. There's some background paintings being done. Uh, one of the scenes where Rudy gets himself in trouble, and he's kind of stuck on this little. I don't even know what that thing is. It's like a pillar of rock. And he's kind of like in the middle of it. He is not on a pillar of rock. Like hey, that he fell off the ledge and he's just standing on that. That's not real. Yeah, I, I remember that scene. That was a good scene. It is. Uh, so that's the parts where there's a bunch of pull, pull tricks. Right. Or that one scene where they they found the hole to get to the top of the citadel and they're walking along that ledge, that's not real either. Well, you know, no, now I figure out the parts that, uh, oh, it's, it's usually part fake. Right, but it's just not part, safe. Part, well, yeah, no. it, has, it has to be phony. They couldn't risk their lives like that. It's not worth it. Well, they did risk quite a bit. I mean, people, th there were some injuries filming 
I mean, sorry, you'll never get your dream. Sorry, you never get your dreams done, Moody. I mean, Rudy. <laughs> I don't know when his dad yelled his name. We, we, we I, I, I told it. He said his name too fast that it sounded like Moody. Oh, Rudy? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's funny. You thought they said Moody? Yes. Well, so- he could be a little Moody. Rudy was Moody. Yeah, no, there there are some definite like sheer cliffs and they were climbing up and over things. Yeah, there's there's a lot of mountain climbing in that movie that I don't ever want to do. Cuz there's a lot of fingertip hanging. I mean, half of it was like <laughs> Nope, no rope. Right. Uh, they're, when they were climbing together, it seemed a little safer. But every now and then, one of them would take off on their own. And you're like, mm, could you not do that? Thanks. That'd be awesome. So Third Man on the Mountain. It's a, so it's an easy movie to watch. Fiona got bored. I did not. I thought, oh, I don't, I, I thought it had a pretty good clip. To I it. mean, I did get bored, but I had to enjoy the rest of it. Okay, yeah. I think everything, there's a lot of cliches in it. A lot of fake blood. <laughs> and how is that one guy still alive? <laughs> is this even a good movie? Is it even a good movie? There you go. I think that sums that up. Oh, boy. Fair, fair question. Fair question. Uh-huh. And that would depend on the individual, obviously, for Colleen and I, yes. <laughs> Maybe for a few others. Uh-huh. It's not their cup of tea. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of stubborn characters in this movie, but that's very realistic. <laughs> there's a lot of stubborn people out there. And everyone thought they were justified in their actions and everyone thought they were doing the right thing so so the movie opens up with rudy matt matt is his last name oh that's funny zermatt hey they filmed it in zermatt and his last name is matt i just got that (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you see him uh, climbing up a mountain reaching the top of the peak Planting the axe with a red shirt waving in the wind. But throughout the movie, did not just show the ending. <laughs> no, no. It's actually Rudy is daydreaming in the Monte Diora and is washing dishes. Well, kind of washing dishes. And this far got a bit angry about that. Oh, Tio. He's Tio. a family friend. Family he's, friend. Yeah. He's, he's the one that's kind of like his, I don't know, like a great uncle. Not really a grandfather, but kind of like a great uncle. Because he's too old to be an uncle. He's a retired mountain climber guide. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of looked like they were cleaning, like, a Pollyanna-type kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, yeah, similar to, like, a huge household kitchen. Kind of had two layers. Yeah, it was a hotel. And so Tio's trying to get him to wash the dishes, and Rudy's, very daydreamy and just kind of leaves the kitchen because he decides he's going to go climb a mountain. <laughs> and then Lisbeth. As one, as one does. As one does. Yeah. Drops, drops the responsibilities and leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets, he, it's funny because he, to be so, like, he always thinks he's oppressed, right? Like, he can't do what he wants, but he's sure finding a lot of time to do what he shouldn't be doing in the first place. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you pointed that 
He does. <laughs> and I'll leave now. So he, you know, he you hear he goes through the the town and he uncovers his axe, his boots, and his rope that he hides in a tree next to right across from the cross that they set up in remembrance of his father's death. And his father died trying to reach the citadel. So Rudy's like kind of put it upon himself. Like he wants to reach the top yeah, of the citadel. His name was like J- Joseph. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Which is very Bible-like. It is. It's a biblical name. <laughs> and uh, so he wants to reach the citadel because his dad didn't reach the top of the citadel. <laughs> and he was too late to do it. He was too late? Well, he's gone now. Oh, his dad. Yeah, his dad passed away. Kind of sound like he was trying to protect somebody. They, I guess, I feel, like there's bad weather. I think there's an avalanche, and then he was trying to save one of the other people in his group. Anything that can make you catch a cold. Yeah, well, he caught more than a cold. And then they kind of give you kind of a taste of what's going on in this town. Now, I read somewhere when this the book kind of uh, is around the the golden age of alpinism which was between two peaks that they reached. 1854, they reached the peak, and then 1865, they reached the top of the Matterhorn, the Citadel. So between those two peaks was the golden age of the alpinism. And so you're noticing in this little town that people just come to this town to hike the mountain. That's what they do. And it's all types of people. It's old men, young men, women, children. So they're all coming to hike some portion of it. And I, I like the point where the Americans come into town and he's like, oh, I didn't know they were Americans. I would have charged more. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so this is kind of when Americans, the, the very wealthy in America, uh, the huge entrepreneurs at this point were just starting to make their money and they they wanted to educate themselves, right? So you educate yourself and you go to Europe and you learn all about Europe. Well, if you're doing that, that means you have a lot of money, more than, say, an English nobility or, a, you know, another one of the nobility families around there where their fortunes are kind of going down. The American entrepreneurs are going up. So, you know, you definitely would look at that like, ooh, I can make a few extra bucks because they're really not going to know the difference, honestly. So this, the, like I was mentioning before, the city of Kertal, it's a fictional city created to represent a town uh-huh, of a fake. A fake. <laughs> a fake. <laughs> and, and so the reason people come here is because of the proximity to the Matterhorn. So, and today that town is Zermatt, like we were talking about earlier. Just $7,000. Just $7,000. Feels like you're giving me a change after a national park, park museum. I'm going to need a Groupon. <laughs> everyone, Two for one? Everyone yes. keep, keep the change. Keep the change. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you really want a Groupon when you're mountain climbing. I don't know. <laughs> Your life is at stake. Oh, that could be, yeah. I don't know. I want the good ropes, not the old ropes, right? <laughs> so uh, Rudy's out climbing his beautiful mountain. Uh, and he, uh, he reaches some little peak he's on. And from that point, you can see the three huge peaks that surround him that, you know, where people go and, oh, the citadel. 
And while he's standing there, he hears somebody crying for help. This guy crying for help is really lucky there's somebody else out there because it's pretty deserted. So Rudy climbs down and finds him. And he uh, has actually, we were talking about uh, glaciers earlier and climbing on glaciers. Uh, he had fallen in one of the big crevices mm. that happens. And so he yep. was stuck down in one of those puppies. And Rudy comes down and, you know, saves him and gets him out of the crevice. And it happens to be this fellow, uh, Captain Walker, who's uh, English. We were talking about earlier, obviously very well to do and very well respected in the mountain climbing community because Rudy immediately knows who he is by his name. This is kind of like his piece of good luck, right? Like this is how he gets somebody on his side to become a guide because his mom and his uncle don't want to become a guide because that's what killed his father, even though mm -hmm. his uncle is a guide. But I don't think his, his uncle would know and have any other job opportunities at this point. So, um, yeah, even at this point, Rudy's like, oh, don't tell anybody that I helped you because I'm not supposed to be out here climbing. I'm supposed to be washing dishes. <laughs> that was funny. I love how, yeah, he gets a lot of free reign around that city. He doesn't, he doesn't. And so right at this scene, we, we've seen this just a tiny bit of Rudy and Elizabeth's interactions. Not a lot. We know that Elizabeth is obviously interested in Rudy and protects him. And she comes up with the line to Teo. Um, she's another one who's got a lot of liberties because she is the proprietor's daughter. Like, so they're one of the wealthier families in town, I'm assuming. And she tells Teo, who's the cook, oh, you, you need to let him go. You can't bottle the wind. <laughs> and so Teo actually uses that line later to defend his decision to let Rudy go and climb a mountain instead of doing his job of washing the dishes. And uh, so that's where I thought it was interesting. So you see Elizabeth getting treated very well. You know, she's the proprietor's daughter. And then there's that other girl who's, I guess she's a server at the hotel and she gets smacked on the rear for, for getting out of line when Tio thinks and I'm like hmm. yes I, yeah mm -hmm. yes that would have happened in 1865 for sure absolutely <laughs> so that was a, that was funny because that was definitely like a father-daughter situation smack on the bum mm -hmm. oh yeah that yeah that was a punishment. Uh, and so we see, uh, as Rudy's returning, we see, so here's his rival in the city, Klaus. So Klaus is a lad, I'm assuming, about the same age as Rudy. He's a lot bigger than Rudy. And he is a porter who is kind of a guide's help at this point. So he's kind of a novice guide or an intern um, learning how to be a guide. And so, but he is really interested in, in Elizabeth and Elizabeth has, makes it very, very clear that she is not interested in Klaus at all. So Klaus is, I think he's a little arrogant, the arrogancy in him. She doesn't like. Right. He is very arrogant. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because it's very clear cut on that relationship. Like there's never any doubt or anything like that. So it's kind of funny. Lo and behold, Rudy goes home and kind of that day. And uh, what sort of happens is 
Captain Winter lands up coming to his house that evening, not because of Rudy, but because of his uncle. And I guess his uncle, Uncle Franz, is the best guide in this city. Like that's, you know, your first choice of guides. And so he goes to Rudy's uncle to kind of convince him to climb the citadel with him. And Franz will have absolutely nothing to do with climbing to the top, especially since he lost his brother-in-law. Like the whole city's kind of shut that down. Like it can't be done. You can't do this. I guess there's a part of that they call the fortress, which is just like a sheer cliff. And so they don't know how to hike or climb around it or up it. So it's very intimidating. So they've kind of um, given up at this point. And there's even a hut that was built, I think it said like in 1864. No, no. 1849, I think the hut was built or something like that. And um, Rudy's, was it? No, that's wrong. 1850. Okay, 1849. Or 48. So 184. Sorry, I can get my decades all mixed up. So it was built around 1848, 49. Rudy's dad died in 1850. And now it's 1865. So in that hut that the city built to do guide routes up the mountain, like no one's been there since. So that's kind of, you know, everyone's kind of said, we're not going to do it. We don't want to lose any more people. We like people. <laughs> we value the humans in our city. That's not a choice we want to make. I think Rudy's the only one in the town that really wants to do this. And I think just to kind of, it's almost like he feels possessed to kind of finish what his dad started. And so Captain Winter in the house, and it kind of is all unveiled that he helped Captain Winter. And so because of this, his uncle Franz decides, okay, Rudy can be my porter. He can go climbing with Captain Winter. Well, yeah, that was like after they were, they were having a little meeting to, for everyone to team up in the hut. Oh, that's before, this is before the hut, the hut team. Hut team! So this was just uh, Rudy's mom, the uncle, Captain Winter, and Rudy. Okay. Like the first time they were going to go climbing. So this is, you know, so Rudy's pretty excited. Because he's finally going to, his uncle's finally agreed. His mom says it's okay. And he's going up with this famous mountain guy. So he's pretty excited. And everything's going pretty well. They're climbing. Um, and this, this, this is where you really start to see some really beautiful climbing and mountains and landscape. It's a lot of quiet moments in this. But with a lot of kind of still action. And music really played an important role in kind of winding you through these moments, really intensifying where it could kind of a situation. And, of course, like all children do, uh, they take a break for lunch. And kids always think that they can always do more than they can. Rudy wanders off because he wants to find another route. And he wants to prove himself and, you know, really steps outside his comfort zone. And, of course, as we were talking about earlier, gets stuck on this little pillar of a rock, like slides off, like trying to climb up. It was like, gosh, it was, it's a sheer face, but he was kind of under it at one point and there's no place to put the feet. And so he fell onto this kind of pillar. Uh, and it was like raining. 
when it was actually a hose. <laughs> oh, that's later. Oh, you're talking about when he he finds the chimney? Yeah. Yeah, the, that's really a hose. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was definitely on a set when they were shooting that scene. But this, too, you can definitely tell is not real because any kid that would be sitting on, I don't know, it was like, it only looked like it was like three or four foot diameter. You'd be scared out of your mind standing on that. And... So luckily, Captain Winter sees them, and they go, and they have to um, kind of risk their own lives to save his. And so then he comes down in humiliation, and um, his uncle sells off everything that Captain Winter gave him, takes or sells it off. And so Rudy's really in the pits at this point. He is knowing nothing good is going to happen. At this point. But he's still hoping that Captain Winter will kind of come to his rescue. Yeah. So after this moment, his uncle intentionally really tries to dash Rudy's hopes and (laughs) sends him back to the hotel uh, to be a dishwasher. And it even sounds like they have plans for him to go to school to kind of learn um, how to manage more of a business situation. I don't know what a school like that would look like back then. Um. They didn't really have, I don't know if it was a internship or a mentoring program. It was very strange. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just learning arithmetic and writing better. <laughs> I have no idea what that looks like in the 1860s. But he really has no interest or of doing that. But uh, when his uncle sells off the things, who buys his shoes for him? Oh, his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) The girl who has decided that she is his girlfriend, (laughs) whether he whether he knows it or not. Well, there you go. (laughs) It's very funny. And so this is another one that cracked me up. I love how Tio and Elizabeth and Rudy just like ditch their all three of them ditch for the day. And go off mountain climbing once again. <laughs> we're all we're sick during during the sim- simple baby step shops jobs. Let, let's let's do jobs where it almost looks like anyone anyone could barely die. Barely die. Almost die. Almost. Die. <laughs> the one thing I kind of equate that to is like you know just kind of ditching everything and going surfing. Yeah. Or yeah. Absolutely. Or, you know, ditching everything, going skiing and stuff. But, you know, instead of that, it was just mountain climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Or fishing. Like closing up shop and going fishing for the day. There We're you out. go. Gone yeah. fishing. <laughs> In this yeah. case, it's like, just, we've just gone mountain climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I just, I just think it's so funny. But I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. It's like, just, it's not me. But, you know, to each their own, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, people still do it, you know? Very true. Rock the world, man. Takes all kinds. Yeah, so Teo and Elizabeth kind of build up his self-esteem again and really encourage him to confront his uncle to let him be a porter again. Um, but, of course, uh yeah, no, like nobody changes their mind around there. It's pretty, pretty impressive. So his uncle says no, but this time it's uber, super embarrassing because it's in the local pub. What were they thinking? 
I'm going to walk in the local. Hey, uncle, can I uh, like go portering with you tomorrow? That's going to be a no. Hardy, hardy, whore. Yeah, that was awful. Oh, my gosh. So that kind of ruins Rudy's day. And then, of course, of course, because in every town, the next day is the big some festival and dance. They always got to get a festival and a dance in there. It's a little fancy. Mm-hmm. And this is why uh, uh, I'm all like, uh, which guy is... 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 Uh, What's the what's the nemesis's name? The uncle or the guy from the other town? Other town. Emil Saxon. Or, Which one are we thinking about? That's about Rudy's age. Oh, um, Klaus. This is why uh, which which guy's Klaus and which guy's Rudy getting the girl to dance with? Oh yeah, well, Rudy doesn't want to dance, so Elizabeth dances with Klaus. They're like, it's like his evil twin. <laughs> I don't look anything alike. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's funny. It's evil twin. So they tied up a lot in this festival and dance. So you've got Rudy really upset um, about not being able to be a porter. You've got uh, Lisbeth trying to make Rudy jealous with Klaus, but that's not really going to work because Rudy's just, you know, so distraught about, yeah, about the climbing thing. Um, and then you have people saying, oh, look, there's somebody up in the hut that hasn't been used since 1850, since his dad died, and there's smoke coming up from it. So... They know somebody's climbing up the mountain. And that was like Rudy's trip to investigate. Right. And that sets off Rudy to go climb another mountain. <laughs> so he I, he must ha- have hit stuff hidden all over this town to go climb mountains. I swear this kid's got stuff going out, going on. <laughs> so and Rudy's pretty sure because there's some sort of... Um, rumor or something going around town where his dad has found a route to the top of the citadel so this is kind of like pressing on him and he and no one believes it like this rumor but the only one that does is rudy so he's really pressing on to do that so rudy climbs the mountain and goes up to the hut and immediately lies because that's the best way to get somebody to on your side and trust you is to lie to them um, Elias to Captain Winter that, of course, I have my, my mother's blessing to climb the mountain and come up here. Of course I do. And uh, by the morning, everyone in, in Tio and Elizabeth have figured out that Rudy has climbed up there. And they actually see, they have an incredible telescope in that town. And uh, so people in this telescope, they can see everybody on the mountain or, you know, figures or whatever. And so I love this. I love this part when they're looking through there and Tio sees them and uh, Tio like rushes into the pub and goes, there's a third man on the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're welcome. And scene. You made me look. (laughs) So... Rudy is the third man on the mountain because they knew there was Captain or Cap- they thought it was Captain Winter and then a guide that he found. So then Rudy's number three. There's your movie title. So not to be outdone, 
a bunch of the men from Kirtel decide to head up the mountain. I I don't know, really understand what their goal was. I know they wanted to bring Rudy home. And I think they wanted to discourage people from going on the mountain because the Citadel was supposed to be Kirtel's mountain. And only people from Kirtel are allowed to climb this mountain. So they, you know, they rush up there. And uh, Rudy, Captain Winter, and Emil came, have come in from the day. And this is... They, this is a tiny cabin, people, and I think you've got <laughs> three people that were there already. And was it like six people that close? So you got nine people in this tiny cabin. It was a lot, yeah. So I think uh, <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, I I, I don't know how they did that. That's wall to wall people. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's too many. So that that's what that is. And I love this scene. Because it's a, it's so much pride and and disagreement and stubbornness and I think people lots of people got talked into doing things they really didn't want to do, <laughs> like climbing a mountain. So Rudy got permission to stay. Uncle Franz is staying. Emil Saxon doesn't want Franz or Rudy there because he wants to claim the mountain for his city or town. But he's staying, even though he doesn't want to stay. It's just really, it's just really funny. The whole, all these discussions are comical if you, if you think of it at the greater point, but they're just so meaningful for them. It's, it's hilarious. So I guess everybody else left. Did they leave or did they stay? <laughs> So I think everybody kind of went, okay. And everyone went home. <laughs> so now we just had four people climbing the mountain. So we had a fourth man on the mountain. And Change that movie title. That, yeah, the movie title. And before that, I think Rudy had gone out on his own. It's interesting because it's kind of hard to tell how far they have to climb and how long it's going to take them. Because they seem to think it's only going to take them four hours to climb, but it takes them two days. And Rudy spent the previous day climbing and finding the way through the fortress that he thinks he found his dad's route through. So it's, it's kind of interesting, the timing of all this. I, I mean, but honestly, two hours of climbing is a, is a lot of work, the climbing they're doing. So I could understand them not wanting to do four hours of that. It's pretty intense, heavy labor. So they go out the next day and they get, so they get to the point where Rudy says they can get through. And, um, you know, every, like everyone, Captain Winter's the only one that's like, eh, we'll see what happens. And the other two are like, he's going to die. So he's climbing up through the chimney and uh, that he found. So he basically found uh, there had been some erosion and some weathering. So there was kind of a hole through part underneath the cliff area so that he could climb through there. And um, they're pretty they're pretty sure at one point he's got stuck and he's going to die there. I'm like, well, can't you pull him out? <laughs> Did that really happen? Oh, that's awful. And he made it through. And then 
like they don't go through the chimney. He kind of throws down the rope and they he helps them climb up. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, because they don't go through the route he went through. Yeah, so then he pulls them up and so they get to the and then whatever point they had agreed on that after the two hours, they set up tents to spend the night before they reached the pinnacle. And uh, this obviously where these tents are set up, this is in a, it, you know, they're not obviously this high up on a mountain. They've got, there's, this is a screen shot. I don't even know if it's really, it might even be a stage where that is just because of the cameras and everything. Them really being able to maneuver around that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that chimney area that they were doing, that was definitely, I don't know, like, is a lot of Peter Ellenshaw involved in that paint? A lot of a pictures lot of, being painted and a lot of not painting. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of painting because they're not. Yeah, you know, that's one of the ledges. They're not actually on that ledge, like climbing along because those ledges are maybe like two inches thick for their feet and just like little something for oh, them. Yeah, to hold the times on. when they show up those cartoony paintings. Yeah, you could kind of tell that it wasn't real. The, the lighting and everything was so, so different in that area. And. Um, Captain Winter, a couple days ago, had hit, hit, hit his head. So this was interesting because Emil Saxon used this as an excuse to kind of take off on his own because he didn't want to be weighted down by Captain Winter. And he was really wanted to get to the pinnacle before the rest of the people did. And um, Uncle Franz and Rudy did not want to leave Captain Winter because... This is our job. Like, we take care of the people that we're with. We don't just take off on our own. And they really drive this home by the ne- next morning when Emil Saxon takes off. Rudy follows after him and kind of distracts him. And Emil Saxon falls and injures himself. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you've all seen that movie. Was that that climb, that hike? I don't There's people that hike by themselves. That is purely that is insane because was it the one guy got stuck for 27 hours with his arm stuck yeah like that's that right there girls but that's your story do not go hiking by yourself ever oh yeah Lord. That, that's not that's definitely not safe and especially if people don't know where you are at and you don't have a gps locator and yeah not that's smart. insane uh, yeah. and this day and age like you know we're lucky because you you can bring a gps locator so why you wouldn't do that now? I don't know. I don't know. That's a choice. Not a good choice. So, but luckily, Rudy was there and he saves Emil Saxon, basically saves his life and hauls mm-hmm. his butt back to the tent camps. Um, but during all that time with them hiking, uh, Captain Winter and uh, Uncle Franz took off, found Rudy's pack hiked to the top of the pinnacle and were able to put the axe and the red shirt in the top for Rudy, which I thought was nice. So the Yay. third man did not make it to the top of the mountain. That's okay. More valuable things that happen. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I think that that's part of the lesson, right? You have to make choices in life. Sometimes you don't get to do what you want to do at that moment that there will be other opportunities to do it. Sometimes it's just how life goes. You have to make choices. How, huh, Fiona? Do you have to make choices sometimes? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Maybe what's most important for class. Right. You have to have your priorities. There you go. Absolutely. So they reconvened and all all is well. All four men make it down the mountain to Kurtal and I you because they have that amazing telescope. They all know that they one guy went went down a snow slide. Yes. It's like previously on the fur man on the mountain. Previously? Yeah, well, well when we stopped the movie. Oh oh, <laughs> yeah, we had to stop it a couple times in strange places. Watch, watch that scene again. Oh wait, Elias is wanting us for s'mores. Oh, <laughs> stop the movie and have s'mores. <laughs> yep, there you go. So all four men make it down to a triumphant celebration at the bottom of the hill, and Captain Winter and Uncle Friends praise Rudy for his. Uh, ability to find the route up following in his father's footsteps his mom embraces him he gets a kiss from Lisbeth <laughs> now they have to get married yep <laughs> it was public it's a very it's such a Disney ending right oh my gosh it's awesome it is it's so awesome it's so perfect it's practically perfect in every way but there's moments, if it's like Rudy's eyes playing tricks on him, that's not my flag. Uh, sure is. Oh, the uh, red shirt. It's like, I'm, wait, was it a shirt? Mm-hmm. It was his dad's shirt. So he went a piece of his dad to make it to the top of the mountain. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, yes. You must be spirited away, boy. There you go. Spirited away. There you go. All right. So that is our amazing movie, Third Man on the Mountain. With so many, so much melodrama, so many stereotypes. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. Uh, there's it a f- is. There's a few short, short-lived people that have done this movie. Sure. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Most. I don't think there's anybody still living that was in that movie. Everyone's passed away. Well, that. Well, yeah. I. Well, I. I wasn't mentioning that. I mean, oh, oh pe- I'm sorry. Okay. Well, people that live, that live for like. 30 years. Right. Oh, well, Janet Monroe, who played Elizabeth, she passed away at 38. So she passed away pretty... She passed away the year I was born. So she was quite young. Yes. But she had some personal issues and um, some habits she had picked up that kind of shortened her lifespan. Like uh, made, made her unfused. Yeah. So she didn't didn't go too long. All right, Ryan. Why don't you rate this beautiful, beautiful oh, piece of gosh. film work from Disney for us? In terms of Mickey ears, I think I would give this like a three. For All me. right. Yeah, I like this one. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, it's not my favorite Disney film, but you know, I watched it a couple of times. So, yeah. Um, but it, it's not like on my. It won't be on my regular playlist like twenty thousand leagues under the sea and um even like Sw- i like swiss family robinson a little bit better but it's still a fun it's a fun little adventure film and it's just you know if you want something new and different i would suggest third man on the mountain but especially if you like the swiss alps and mountain climbing or just kind of even tangentially interested in it yeah it's a good intro to switzerland 
Like if you have a plan trip, plan trip for Switzerland, take a look at this puppy. It's a good genre piece. Uh, uh, I might be sorry if I go lower on this, but I might give this film a two. <gasps> she gave it two. That's okay. Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> good for you. I mean, yes, it's it's a shortened movie, but but it just it just feels like it's too it's almost too slow for me. Okay. And I could I could just like see seeing pe- people almost fall down, and I I'm just seeing those moments every time you fall down, but you're still alive. There you go. And it's like more hiking for me. <laughs> not your favorite thing to just, do. Just a thing, just a job. I would I would not take in the future. <laughs> there you go. How about you, Colleen? Uh, I think I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. As an adult, I'm going to give it three stars. I can see where this movie would be a little harder for some older kids to watch. I can see where some younger kids would watch it more than the older uh, elementary, uh, third-ish grade, third or fourth grade. Uh, It'd be a great film to fit in. Like if you were teaching about this time period, it'd be fun for them to watch. Um, not that a lot of people are teaching about the 1860s, but I guess you could like tie it in. Uh, it, was, it was a big time where people were doing a lot of nature investigation and really like the development of biology and zoology and naturalists. And that was all coming to age. Um, mm-hmm. A lot right. of exploration. Start- yeah. And starting like different parks and that sort of thing national parks and stuff at least in the u.s but i think probably even worldwide national park like parks just kind of like the concept of it the concept of it right yeah yeah definitely i i know like the whole um like paying to go into a park with something that started in england like in the mm-hmm. 1600s i believe yeah. uh and you're trying to get away from your grime of your daily life and just see something beautiful right yeah. and so yeah but then you're getting into people developing more of like central park this is when central park's coming like we designated free spaces for people to go to to experience nature so that's really when this is coming to fruition absolutely so that fits in and, and this is why right because people are starting to explore the world and are feeling comfortable enough like they're not fighting for food and water and just daily survival like they have a couple hours now on the yeah. weekend and they're like oh i have time off i don't have to work at this very moment <laughs> what do i do <laughs> so you can enjoy yourself with entertainment uh obviously this was entertainment for the very wealthy <laughs> but as we can see now it's become very almost middle class not the mountain hiking but the traveling and seeing things something everyone can do right everyone can get in a car and travel very true and 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 go out yeah go maybe not like mountain climbing itself but you know even but like you can do the the you might not be uh, climbing like the Matterhorn, but you can go out mountain climbing in the Northwest and in the Rockies. And mm-hmm. even here in Texas, you can go to uh, Guadalupe 
um, the Guadalupe Mountains and, and climb that. And that's the tallest mountain out in Texas. And you can climb. I mean, it's it's a, it's not too bad of a hike. No, and there's Big Bend. Um, mm-hmm. There's some hikes through there. And even locally in San Antonio, we like I was mentioning the Lost Maples, uh, Fiona and I hiked that. And I think it was like a round trip hike of about four to five miles. And you hiked up to a peak and you can overlook a little valley area. And it yeah, was just I would beautiful. think, yeah, this movie, it might want to give me like main vibes. Main vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's much the temperate, the zones, the, the environment is much more like Maine than where we live for sure. Yeah. We did some beautiful hikes in Maine along rivers and lakes and stuff like that. We didn't do a lot of elevation hiking in Maine, but you know, it's all good. All right, so I yeah, so definitely great movie. Check it out. Um, maybe cut some. What uh, you were kind of bored in some of it. What, so what part did you really enjoy the movie? Like, what was one scene you think maybe the festival? The what? Maybe the festival. The festival was fun. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fiona liked the festival. <laughs> I remember just 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 like the opening and the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I really liked the 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 folk culture of the period. I liked it. I love the dress that they wore. It's very some that's something we've lost, right? Where every town kind of had the way that they dressed and it represented where they were from. I think they'd wear a certain color or a certain handkerchief or a bandana or skirt color. It kind of you know that you know no one can tell where you're from anymore. Other than huge regions. I like that part. All right. We good to go? Sure. Do you have your awesome Free Man on the Mountain song? I will. I will stick in a really fun Swiss polka right here. How about that? Okay. <laughs> might, not, not, might not be from the movie. Thank you for making it through another episode with us at Diz Podopolis. Um, and uh, now it's time for us to say goodbye. Do I think Elias is mean? Do you? Th- yes. Is it a rhetorical question? Yes, oh, I oh, do. But I think he's getting better throughout. Oh, he was super nice to you about your drawing you did over the weekend. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, the reason why I got nervous, because it was, it was the Muppet Babies, and, and he did, kind of had some angry thoughts about Muppet Babies. No, not angry thoughts, he just didn't understand why you're watching them, because you're 19. True. He didn't understand you were just doing research and trying to learn everything. True. Uh, 
Like, and he just thinks. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's like, stop. Oh, it's one of those evil shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he thinks it's an evil show. Well, or, or he just... Well, it just feels like there are some kiddie shows that take over the internet and they get a little creepy. Oh, for heaven's sakes. I'm pretty sure. All right. Yes, but Fiona made this amazing picture over the weekend of all the Muppet babies, so we'll have to put it up on... um, Well, the original designs. Yeah, okay, the original designs for these. We put it on your Instagram account, which is Fiona Toad Girl. And that was like, did you bought that drawing? (laughs) Yeah, so, yes, Jeff, your dad, thought that um, it was a poster that you had bought and not something you had created. Like... I just, how would that magically go to my home, that poster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty darn good. So, we've put it up on your Instagram on Fiona Toad Girl. So, you can follow her there, and we'll put it up on Dispodopolis also. Well, well, because, well, because you bought me that drawing pad for school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and it's like, what am I going to do with it now? Well, you're supposed to use it for your pictures for school. And that was a picture I interviewed with uh, with school. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we used it for your daily diary part. So you're taking um, an art class, art drawing one. And so you have to do like a daily diary. And then the first class during the week, you do have a drawing project. And the second part, you have, I think, like a journal picture. You're, you're kind of answering a question so the first question is, oh, draw the opposite of what you think the future will be like. Uh, which I had pain painted during, uh, during that. Yeah, so it's a little hard. And then the second one was something about a business and developing some concept. So you did your uh, chicken crouton sandwich. Because everybody needs a chicken crouton sandwich. And it was by Fiona. Yes, that's a Fiona original sandwich. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, speaking of researching, although although Brian Hall, the oppression guy, he, he, he really likes the Lion King, and he ended up researching the Lion Guard. Okay. So maybe that, that might have gotten my idea. For the like, Muppet Babies or the Crouton Chicken Sandwich? <laughs> just watching a- anything that's in a franchise. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Doing your full research on the subject. Well, yeah. All like, right. Like gotcha, Brian, gotcha. Brian Hall. All right. Yeah, you have quite a few people you follow on YouTube. Yes. All right. So you can catch Fiona uh Toe Girl on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to put her pictures up there uh, that she works on during the year for her classes. We've put up one. Uh, we'll put up some more. You're kind of doing um, a picture like every kind of every other day, and they're they're funny. We'll put you did a short little comic strip about your brother today. Um, with an anime character. With an anime character, yes. And he and he's like, "Why have you been watching those Gilby movies?" <laughs> Studio Gilby movies, yes. That was his narcofusion. Yeah. Are you ready to say goodnight? Um. Um. Uh. Good. Good night, people who who lived out in their thirties. Oh, people who didn't make it past their thirties. 
Yeah. Like Janet Monroe from the movie we watched. Yes. Who is she? The girlfriend? Yeah, she played Lisbeth. She was also in Swiss Family Robinson and Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Oh my God. Uh, she, I mean, she, she was, a, she was a kind-looking lady, but, but I'm seeing, I'm now I'm reading a lot of these movies that, that have families with kids, and a lot, of, a lot of their kids passed away. Mm-hmm. First, first I look, I look the one in National Vacation movies, and Dana Hill just just passed away, what right after the second movie was filmed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the National Lampoon. Um, I know, off topic. Vacation movies? Yeah, yeah. All right, Ryan, why don't you say goodnight to everybody out there? Well, uh, goodnight to my mom and to Aunt Dolores and to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to us, and you can catch me at Ryan Flint underscore edu. And my name is Colleen, and thanks for making it through another episode. And you can catch me... Um, Tink Scout on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can always catch us at DizPodOffice, D-I-S-P-O-D-O-P-O-L-I-S on Twitter and Instagram. And it's Disney 24-7 on those channels. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone have a great night and stay safe and we'll see you real soon. Now it's time for a trip around the park and a kiss goodnight.
to cut that out yeah you probably will have to cut that out you're all right <laughs> okay we're gonna have to like try this again because you're shooting snot rockets now and it's like <laughs> it's so funny okay <laughs> is that a problem <laughs> right into the microphone right into the microphone not even <laughs> oh. Oh. oh boy. I wish you could see it on like I wish you could see it on my end. Oh, the video is hysterical. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Dispodopolis is a EFA Solutions production. All music and interviews remain the copyright of their respectful owners and are being used under the Creative Commons license law. All other content remains the copyright of EFA Solutions, LLC. This broadcast is not affiliated with Disney or any of the Disney properties, and the opinions expressed in this broadcast belong to the hosts and guests.